Hey guys, what's up? This is Joe. Oh, fuck. This is Zach. This is Nick. Welcome to the Music Frenzy Podcast. This what is happened over episode. there? Did you forget your name, pal? Oh, I forgot the structure in which we're doing the introduction. It's all right. We, there is no structure on the Music Frenzy Podcast. Yeah, we're we're going to be talking about Blink, Joey's homoerotic feelings on Tom DeLong. There's a lot of them. Uh, my hurt feelings also on a lot, lot of things, mostly Joey's life. And I won't be talking much because I'm not a huge Blink-182 fan. Sacrilege. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, as I'm sure everybody uh, or most of you are probably aware of already is Tom DeLong has returned to Blink-182 after what? Uh, fucking 10 years, 8 years, something like that. I think the last thing Has it been together, 8 years? Maybe maybe 10 minutes. I really don't remember. 10 minutes. Uh, the last uh, release to feature Tom DeLong in Blink-182 was Dog Eat Dog, which I believe came out in 2012. So yeah, 10 years. I think Yeah, like right after Neighborhoods. Um, so, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I know every, a lot of Blink-182 fans um, are pretty divided. A lot of them took to Matt Skiba, uh, and a lot of them didn't. And, Zach, I know you particularly did like Matt Skiba, so why don't you Dude, talk a little bit about that? Well, I'm going to interrupt, Zach. Oh, shit. I honestly liked Matt Skiba in Blink. I thought that album that they dropped was actually... Which one? Yeah, they did, too. Which album? The, the fucking... Um, oh, California is that what it's called? Yeah, that was the first California one. California was dope. Yeah, that that was a good one. I'll give him that. That that was a good album. See, but like again, I never really got into Blink One Eighty Two. So, what was the other one they released? Nine. It was just called Nine. Hmm. And honestly, it's like Nine Cocks, like Nine Cocks, but they're like small cocks. Little ba- little baby ones. Uh, I'm not gonna say baby cocks, but <laughs> you just did. They're small. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, if they if they kept the same kind of vibe or momentum that they were working with on California with nine I think I would have right, there, there's a lot of good songs that I tend to go yeah. back to on that album maybe I gotta listen to the, is the is the nine not like that I don't know nine's kind of got like uh I'd say nine is good to listen to it once and then there's very little replayability the, I mean, uh, that was well, that came out in 2019 I think kind of just right before the pandemic and I was excited for it yeah we you know listened to like what the five lead singles for fucking months on end, and then we get the album, and what, like, the five lead singles were the five best songs yeah. on the album, so, like, that kind of then goes into, you know, something else is, like, do you always release your best shit ahead of the album release? If that's the case, uh, Edging does not make me excited for Tom's return. Yeah, I, I didn't like that new song either. I thought it was too, too basic. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people uh, have said. Um, personally, I didn't think it was bad but to zach's point like if that's going to be the highlight of the album or close to it then it might not be anything special so i'm kind of hoping that that's not the case you know and then maybe they're going to put stuff out to catch our attention and keep some good shit in reserve why are you gonna why are you gonna play all your cards you know before you're ready what uh what are some of your favorite blank 182 songs since we're on the topic so favorite <laughs> blank 182 songs because i'm gonna be honest i only really listen to like Wow, you are one hairy motherfucker. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, it just—that's why we don't have a camera. Wow. That Sorry, was, that was honestly very. Sorry, weird. I was just his that, his face is real good for airplay. Yeah, I, I was just. I have a face for radio. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> not not I, the I, arms though. Keep the I arms away. I think the away. point is that you can't see it. Keep the <laughs> keep the arms away. Nah, so. Anyways, I've only listened to uh, Enema of the State. Well, Enema of the State is, by and large, their 
most popular album, their most commercially successful, um, which is largely in part to the introduction of Jerry Finn as their producer, um, totally cleaned up the sounds um, that they had been working with on Buddha, Dude Ranch. Um, I believe it's Butta. Butta? Like, like Butta? Like I like it's to put, B-U-D-D-H-A. I like to put Butta on my toast? Yeah. So it's not Buddha like the picture of the Buddha on the album cover? No, because Buddha's made of Butta. Uh, okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, yeah, Enema of, of the State's a good one. Um, my favorite song off that album is Going Away for College. Um, even though there's a ton of uh, massive radio hits that came off that album. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Cuts. I think What's My Age Again is a good one. Yeah, I mean, but everyone knows and loves that one, so like, that's an easy pick. Even all the small things, dude, that's still a bop. Yeah, of Talking course. my dick. Um, and then Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Toy Page. Toy, toy Page. Toy Page. Um, that's another good one. I like staying, uh, Stay Together for the Kids. Yeah, that's my favorite Blank song. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really good one. Really um, easy to play. And yeah. And the follow-up to that, Neighborhoods. I still no, can't get no, self-titled. That self-titled. self-titled. That's got a lot of – that's like all deep cuts, except for I Miss You, basically. Feeling this. Feeling this. Go. Always. Always. Uh, easy Target is uh, honestly <coughs> probably one of the better ones. That's on that so song. funny. I didn't even realize they dropped two albums with Matt Skiba. Yeah. You know, I, I saw I saw the Blink when they were with <coughs> it was a day to remember and all time low. Oh, that would have been Did a great show. Tour? Yeah, I went. But I didn't go for Blink. Yeah, I went yeah, obviously yeah. for a day to remember. Yeah, well Zach and I saw Blink. Dude, nice shirt. When Neck deep. He, he just wanted to to uh, to rock it. Neck deep open for Blink. And this was after they put out the re-recording of December with Mark Hoppus. They were both together at, at the same venue. And they didn't play it. They played it without him. Wow. They played like the rock version, like because the originals acoustic and like slow. Yeah. And then the re-recording, yeah, the re-recording is like faster, upbeat, you know, rock. It's got you know the guitar and the drums. You know what? What I just and, and they didn't even you know he went office. out and sung that song at a different show on that tour. No, I didn't know that. So like I'm so extra now you're mad. mad. Yeah, well, I was mad before. I'm extra mad now. But uh, also, Little Wayne opened for him on that tour. I was not upset with that. Neither was I. Was it good? <laughs> it was actually pretty good. <laughs> really? Yeah. What, what, what do you know? Like the songs he played? No, no, no. <laughs> no. Like what? Like I guess it was just straight rap, right? Like it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, well, how like how how was the crowd? Like you was know, it a million here, a million there? <laughs> Then they, which didn't they do uh, like a mashup of that and with what's my age again? Yeah, like, fire. it's on Spotify. Like it's a legit. Really? Dude, no, yeah, you can go listen to it. Now. <clears throat> you know what I just saw? Which I don't know why. I just saw. I mean, I knew. I just forgot about it. That a data member has that song reentry with Mark Hoppus. Oh yeah, that's I'm a good a one. I, I like that one. No, I, like I, I didn't. I didn't like their new album. In all honesty, like that's like my favorite band ever, and I was not a fan of that new album. I, yeah, I mean, did, did you listen to their newest song, Miracle? I, I don't think I did, um, honestly. It it grew on me, but I think I'm also, you know, what's the word? Um, like it, I can't think of the word, but I think everything that they release is good, in my opinion. But that last album that they dropped just it just wasn't it. Well, what did they do? What was that? The album that Paranoid was on. Uh, ba- the bad vibrations. Bad, bad vibrations. That was the last album I listened to them like in full. Yeah. No, and that that it, album, it people were hating on them. People have been hate. Like I know my one friend was like that. They haven't been good since their common courtesy. You make your friends? No. Just us two. Just us. Yeah. Just you guys. Yeah. Bad but, vibrations was definitely a departure in their sound. It it, it it they got a lot more 
I want to say like rocky, like more like they went into like that quote unquote stadium rock sort of vibe that you know let's just say like bring me the horizons gotten into oh yeah i just saw them on tour yeah how was that it's it's exactly what you're saying that's like they're trying to appeal to a wider variety of fans and and again you know that you 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 can't ow i just just put that knife in my fucking hand i think that's like what people refer to as selling out but like i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing no because i mean okay like put, put it in our shoes i mean like you know since we're like the best band alive and you know we we haven't released anything yet. Zero's but, a record sold. You know, if if that was if we wanted to go a different route, was to stop us from doing that. Why do something so repetitive? You know, maybe they just kept their same sound for so long. It's kind of hard to keep coming up with originals that just takes it back to what you already wrote. Yeah, and it's you know it's 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 a hundred percent a double edged sword because you'll get people and like you, I feel like you can't talk about selling out without bringing up Metallica because they are. Like what people say, like the biggest fucking sellouts in the music industry. Um, you think? I don't think so. I disagree with that statement, but like I hear it time and time again in uh, like the comment sections of all the fucking music publications on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I'm sure because now, ever since the whole Stranger Things, you know, and all, and, all and like this whole help. younger generation has now grown to Metallica being, oh my God, I've known them from this, or, you know, I saw them. Like those are the band from Stranger Things, and it's no. It's, I've literally seen comments on social media that say, "Oh, that's the Stranger Things song," when it literally came out in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, like a band like Metallica, who was you know one of the pioneers of thrash metal in the 80s, or a more modern band like Bring Me the Horizon, and they had that really, really hardcore sound uh, in like the early 2000s. Oh yeah, they they were like a straight deathcore band. Yeah, and you can't. I mean. You know, you're going to attract a certain kind of audience when you're playing that kind of music, especially if you're going to, you know, play that for years. Um, and then when you decide to change it up, you know, the a lot of the detractors of people who, um, you know, will call you a sellout or call them a sellout will say, oh, well, now you're alienating the fans that made you famous. And they kind of take an entitled route to, like, we made you famous, therefore you should keep, uh, you know, catering to us, which... I could see why, you know, a band in that or, or a fan of a band in that kind of camp would would say that. But, you know, you go 10 years making the same shit over and over again. It's going to get stale or think of it on the musician side. While you know, um, every great musician is thankful for all their fans and, uh, you know, wants to make them happy. But you can't, you know, you, you can't do it for just those people time and time again. I mean, it's hard work. You know, you got to do it for yourself. And if you're getting stale on playing the same shit over and over again, you got to branch out. Yeah. I mean, you also, I think, got to take into consideration, like, if we're going to go on the Bring Me the Horizon side is, you know, I mean, I know, well, I don't know, but just of interviews I've seen that, you know, Ollie was on a lot of drugs at the time of the, the starting. And, you know, when, uh, I think it was when he got their alternative press awards, he, you know, gave a speech and he was like, you know, Ever since, you know, I came from rehab, all I want to do is sing. And, you know, that's when Sempaternal came out because I won the award for, I honestly forget what it won, but that was an amazing album. And yeah, you, you that's know, what got me into them. Like, I, I wouldn't consider that selling out, but who knows if, you know, I, 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 again, me too. I wasn't a fan of them. I didn't really know who they were back when they were dropping, you know, their heavy stuff, but 
you know, I, I heard, obviously, Can You Feel My Heart, I think was like the first song I've heard by them. And, you know, and I started going back in their catalog of music and I was like, oh, th- this shit sounds pretty, you know, pretty fire, pr- pretty cool. You know, like you had, they had like Chelsea Smile. That's an amazing song. Um, back on there, what's it called? The Suicide Seasons, I think it. I think you're right. Um, you know, uh, Diamonds Are Forever. That's a good song. Um, I mean, that whole album was, was you know, stellar. And back on there, uh, the one song with I used to make out Medusa and Pray for Plagues. And oh, yep, that's that's one of their bigger. Yeah, that like they're they're hits. heavy, heavy shit. Yeah, when I was in, I'm gonna date myself. When I was in ninth grade, it was like early 2012, and this yeah, kid that I was nice. friends with. Fuck, you're 25. That's fine. Next twenty two. Um, well, you know, I, I was nineteen. Yeah. Really? This kid I, I was hanging it. out with showed me one of their this was right before Sempaternal came out, like like probably a couple months. Yeah. Or even a month, I don't know. He was really into Bring Me the Horizon back when they were like that, you know, really heavy deathcore esque yeah. band. And he showed me one of their songs and like I was playing, I was like, Oh, this is okay. But I, I did not fuck with it at all. I was like, I just I can't get into it. Like I didn't think it was bad. Just not for me. It, it, it definitely, and if you were gonna like, genre, like genre lock it, yeah. um, it was definitely a lot different than some of the other stuff that was coming around at that time. In that you know like deathcore sort of area, he has a very not raspy voice, but like it's, it's got some rasp to it. Like it, 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 it's very distinct. But I think it's also a good part because of all the screaming yeah. that he was doing. And then so yeah, some paternal comes out, and that's still like. You know, that's that's a heavy album. It, you know, it, it's still a, a it's, dude. I have it on on uh, on vinyl. Yeah, I mean, Sh- shit's fire. That was great. It had a lot of good moments on it. You know, I, I always dug the do I want to say like electronic aspect to it. Like I guess I key, mean, they, the they, they, they had a lot lot of like synths in there. Yeah, like they're they're, they're keyboardists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always dug that. Like that's a big component of their sound to yeah. me. And then so I got into well, I guess I I, didn't, I got into Bring Me the Horizon not. Like right when Sepaternal came out, I actually, actually forgot they had their one album. The, the, there is a hell, believe me, I've seen it. There's a heaven. Let's keep it a secret. Yeah. That's a long name for an album. That's some. That gives me. But that that has uh, the one song "It Never Ends," which I, I really like. That yeah, song. I honestly haven't listened to like any of that old shit. Like I, I really? recognize I recognize names because I've like seen it in print, uh. but I've, I've never really listened to it. Because um, actually, when I got into them, it was right before. That's the Spirit came out, and the first time I saw them was when they were touring in support of that. It was the Rock Allegiance Festival in Chester, PA, where um, the fucking Philadelphia Union plays, that yeah. stadium. Yeah. And they had three stages set up. One was in, like, not the parking lot, but... I think we uh, talked about this. I went the year after. Yeah, when they made it two days. When it was two this, days. This, so this time <laughs> I went was the only year, or the last year when it was one day. They had like a side lot, not not the parking lot, but like a concession stand area yeah. where they had like a small stage. But in the stadium, like in the field area where the you know the soccer plays, they had um, I don't know if it was two stages side by side or if they split a giant stage in half. But they had like two setups on the main stage. So when one band was playing right next to them, they had another band setting up or tearing down, I guess. So there was like almost no delay between. Like the two headlining stage bands, I don't know what you want to call it, but so right. Ollie Sykes, you know, the Bring Me the Rising comes out, and Ollie Sykes is like, "Listen, I have strep throat, or, or he like some sort of 
um, you know, he was sick. And uh, he played the whole song like he, he had almost no voice, but he played the whole set fucking straining the shit out of it. And it was like mad respect, like whether you like him or not, like that's yeah. the kind of shit that good bands are made of. Have you seen the video of um them trashing the Coldplay table? No. You didn't see that? No. I mean, that was like that was like popular when it came out, but I, th- I think that was another like award ceremony. I don't know if it was like MTV or something, but because, you know, when That's the Spirit came out, there was like kind of talks that Coldplay had stole like their logo for oh i saw that remember that that yeah. kind of sort of beef and i forgot how it stemmed from but i i know at that award ceremony he they're playing um happy song and he takes the mic into the crowd and he gets on Coldplay's table and he starts like stomping on all their fucking food while sitting singing the song uh that's so fucked up i didn't see that it's pretty fire but um so sempaternal and that's the spirit are probably their most successful albums commercially accepted at least and um you know then they went and they did ammo i think that's how you pronounce it yeah ammo 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 which was a lot more dude set paternal came out in 2013 yeah a lot more vibey i don't know how i want to describe it i haven't listened to it i didn't listen to any of their uh, their newest album post-human survival horror now that i listened to in its entirety in you know in preparation for the show I just saw a month or two ago. But I, I only know there are three singles that they dropped. Yeah, they, they kind of went out, and I'm, I'm like, I'm getting to something. They, they you know, I started, I listened to the lead singles off of that Ammo album or whatever. I don't know how it's pronounced. And I was like, oh, this this isn't that good. You know, they changed the sound for a second time, um, and they got away from, like, the rock and metal sound and more towards this, like, I don't know what I call it, ambient, avant-garde. It was, like, trippy. Um, yeah. and then they kind of came back with the new album closer. It's like, it like bridges the gap between that's the spirit and that ammo album. And it was, it was good. And the show that I saw them at was good. But the, the reason why I, I, I bring that up, um, and I figure a lot of, you know, the people who listen to this might be, you know, more into the modern stuff, like bring me the horizon than the stuff like Metallica, like I mentioned, but uh, this to circle, circle back to the, the blink conversation, um, Blink really hit their stride starting in 1999 when Enema of the State came out. And they had a very successful run of those three albums um, before they broke up in 2004. And But you can hear, you know, even Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was a little bit of a departure. Um, it kind of got a little bit more serious in tone. And, um, you know, there were still some light, happy, fun songs that they were known for. But especially as they get to their self-titled album, you know, there's, there's a lot more... Uh, like it's it's a, it's a bit slower. It's a lot deeper in tone. A lot more of the lyrics are less goofy, and that shit that they're known for, and that's them changing up their sound. It wasn't a hard departure, like um, like Load Metallica's Load album <laughs> was a hard departure from uh, and you know the self-titled Enter Sandman album. Uh, you know that Ammo album was a hard departure from that uh, Sempaternal and That's the Spirit. Blink One Eighty Two did it, and they did it a little bit more subtle. And then when they came back and did uh, Neighborhoods in 2011, so what was that, eight years after their self-titled album when they got back together the first time, um, it was kind of taking, I think, a page out of the Angels and Airwaves book because Tom did a couple albums with Angels and Airwaves in that gap. And I think they got a lot of criticism for that. And Isn't that his other band? Angels and Yeah, Angels and Airwaves is the, the project that he did 
Basically, whenever he was not in Blink, he was doing Angels and Airwaves because they just put out an album in what twenty twenty one, early twenty two, which was I thought was pretty decent. But it's it's not the same kind of music that Blink is, and self titled and even Neighborhoods was kind of going maybe not quite to that level, but definitely towards that direction of more serious music that wasn't you know just a bunch of dick jokes, and um, then when Tom leaves the second time. After they did Dog Eat Dog, or Dog, Dogs Eat Dogs, whatever. Um, then they get with Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio, and they do the California album. The California album was kind of like a return to form. If I had to guess, or not guess, but if I had to like speculate, it's probably closest to Take Off Your Pants and Jacket that they've been to in a while. Um, and then Nine, the follow-up, was, in my opinion, and feel free to debate this, was a hard attempt at going back to like dude ranch uh enema of the state where they were trying to kind of be like relevant with the the younger kind of crowd and the music video for dark side i mean really had me kind of going down that rabbit hole with myself i wouldn't say it was an attempt to get in touch with the younger crowd say they tried to take a like an out of left field approach because their sound had I wouldn't say drastically changed over the course of their career, but I think it was a way to kind of get back in touch, get new people interested, Um, especially with this like explosion in uh, like pop punk that has been brought on by like Travis Barker, MGK, that type of deal. Yeah. I think they're they're taking that like heavy pop approach to things. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely (laughs) agree. Um, And it just seemed, and it kind of was interesting because you know, you could say, well, like since Tom was probably pushing for a lot of that tonal shift in the mid two thousands, that once he was gone, you know, maybe the remaining influence of Mark and Travis would go back to something else. But he, you know, it makes me wonder then to what degree was Matt Skiba involved in the songwriting because a lot of Alkaline Trio stuff wasn't that lighthearted and playful kind of music it, that early Blink was known for. Alkaline's discography is very varied, dark. Yeah, I would say it's a lot of, especially the more recent stuff. It's about his his struggles with addiction, um, and but like even their early stuff, like uh, radio. I won't I won't say the line, but it's. No, like, I know, I know where, what do you, where, you're where do you come about. out? Of, like where do you come with that? Where do yeah. you come up with that? But even even like from here to infirmary, which is like what, still kind of got me into alcohol. Kind of dark. Yeah, in a way, like a darker approach to lyrics and. I wouldn't say their tone is dark, but it's definitely like a, a heavier, less pop-filled tone exactly. than Blink. So it kind of makes me wonder, like, where did Nine come from? If if Blink's got that background and Alkaline's well, got that background. Nine came after their tour with Lil Wayne, so it's probably... And Travis Barker is big on, like, the you know the hip-hop rap. Yeah, he, he does all of those, you know, like, like them producing and the drum tracks on, like, beats on all, like, you know, th- them new kind of age of rappers... Uh, so it's, it's got a bit, I'm sure that album was heavily influenced by that makes a lot of sense I definitely tied doing that. that especially because that was I mean that's the second album after they had gotten back together but after a 10 year hiatus that's you know it's not unheard of to let Travis kind of yeah influence because after we get because he's the only one that stayed consistently playing I think in that time in like Nick said producing and writing for other people that type of deal is he like ever like, like, like? Why were they all like they broke up so much? Was it just between you know? Oh, I'm gonna embarrass myself. 
Yeah, Mark and Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Travis, I mean, I obviously don't know these guys personally. Um, but well, I do. They're nice guys. Okay, we have Zach, Thanksgiving together. Zach knows them, but I don't. Um, Travis is very quiet and reserved. I think he, he had his own TV show, which I've only seen like a little bit of. Oh, like what was what was his TV show? Like, I don't know, Life with the Barkers. Yeah, his ho- his house on MTV Cribs is fire, though. Yeah, so he, he even in oh, like... I can imagine how much fucking even in that show, money he was that guy like, has. He's a quiet dude. Um, and, you know, when... So Blink breaks up in early 2004... Mark Hoppus does plus 44 with what the guy from All Time Low, or is that something else? No, no that's Simple Creatures. No, that simple was creatures. more recently. Well, okay. plus 44, that was a great album. Yeah, so he, he that, does plus 44. That was, that was four already very famous musicians kind of well, doing an album. Yeah, what I'm saying is so Travis Barker drummed on that. Yep. And then. And subsequently uh, drummed on Boxcar. Boxcar Racer. So, the, you know, what I'm trying to say is uh, he didn't pick sides like he's not he, he strikes me as the kind of guy that he's not super outspoken like, i'm sure he gets his point across but he's the kind of the guy that just goes with the flow you know is whatever um you know he didn't pick a side between mark and tom um which probably made it that much easier so when mark and tom you know patched things up uh they got back which together. time first time second time uh, first time <laughs> i'm starting with which i think it was right after what travis barker was in that plane crash was it? I don't. Re- I don't know when that happened, so I don't under. I don't know the lineup. I think of like those events, but I know like Tom's return this time was you know heavily rooted in uh, you know Mark's cancer and yeah. So it seems them like getting together after the fact. And this is like kind of relatable, but you know I think the plane crash, Travis's plane crash, was like in 2009. They get back together in 2010. They put out that album in 2011. So like it took a tragic event. To, to get together the first time. To get together the first time. And then yeah. Mark's fucking cancer, you know, not not even a scare. Like, he legit had cancer. Yep. Um, and did that's... He, did he, like, eat it? Yes. It's in remission. Nice. So, you know, he, he's recovering from that or recovered from that. Um, and that, you know, makes them realize what's important and what, you know, this little shit's not important. But now, the first time they broke up was, like, there was beef. Like, they, they were... They hated each other for a minute there, but the second time it wasn't that there was conflict or like they couldn't agree. It's uh, Tom really wanted to do two things: kind of explore, chase aliens, yeah, explore the the sound that he was chasing in Angels and Airwaves, which was a more melodic, ambient, slower um, vibe. Definitely not punk influenced, in my opinion, or maybe a little bit, but you know, not like Blink was. I'd say, I would, yeah, I'd say punk roots, but not a. Uh... Not punk sound. Yeah, and then also, uh, yeah, Chase Aliens to the Stars, um, which did some pretty cool stuff. We could talk about that another time, though. Um, but he, you know, it was kind of never like, oh, Tom was kicked out of the band or Tom quit the band. It was he wanted to take a break and do other things. Mark and Travis were like, well, we're itching to do another Blink record now. And and Tom's like, listen, like I want to do it. I'm just not ready to do it right now. So, you know, Matt Skiba was originally just like a, a temporary fill-in. And then, I mean, so was Travis, though. He just happened to work out. Well, they were looking. They were looking for a permanent replacement. Yeah, they were yeah. looking for a permanent replacement for Scott Rayner, but they weren't necessarily looking for a permanent replacement for Tom DeLonge after you know the Neighborhoods album. But the it whole just story of them recording Neighborhoods though kind of makes me think his he wasn't really indeed. there for it that go around. I don't. I think you're right, but um, the, the pro. The, I think they played shows before California, um, with. Matt Skiba, did they? I, I think that's the story, and they and they you know they just they got on so well that they're like let's make a fucking album, 
and then California was pretty good. And I I think Matt tour. is a hands down. I think he's an awesome musician. I like all of his works. Nine's a little iffy on in my personal taste, uh, yeah, but that, it's not bad. Nine's the nine's the beef that I got with him, honestly. <clears throat> Matt, he looks like California. Me. It's awesome. Um, I like like I, I like all of his alkaline work and. But uh, you know, we I kind of the big the big thing that fueled the fire of whether Tom was going to come back or not is when they released that song Quarantine in 2020. Yeah. Because they released that song and uh, Matt's not, Matt wasn't on it. I don't know who played the guitar on that album or that song. Maybe it was Mark. Maybe it was Travis or just a session guy. But it wasn't Matt Skiba and the internet was quick to pick up on that and be like, hey, what does that mean? And then what a, a year and a half two years go by and people are like hey matt are you still in blink and he's like bro i don't know bro i don't know like a week after he said that uh fucking blink's web page goes down for maintenance and uh comes back up with the announcement and edging their new single edging dude i love edging the song or the action the action yeah how about the song though Nah, we yeah. are we already touched on this though but uh, it's yeah i don't know the video is fucking weird yeah I just don't get it. Like, whatever message they're trying to send, it's going over my head. Weren't they all dressed in, like, costumes and... Rabbits. Rabbits. Is that that what it meant? I don't know. Well... Isn't that not what edging is, then? Did did you see when, uh, at the, um, when we were young festival, that, like, that... Yeah. How they, they didn't play a set, I don't think, but they were running around, and there was these rabbit costumes, and they had... Blink 182 on their shirts. It's great marketing. And, and uh, allegedly it was them. Like they were the ones who were dressed in the outfits and they were running around the the whole festival grounds so I've seen it all over TikTok of like these fucking three guys dressed in a, in rabbit costumes, but it was actually, you know, the three of them. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool because if it actually was them, like that's, that's fucking awesome. Like imagine being in that crowd thinking that it's possibly – you're like, yo, is that fucking the guys from Blink? Yeah. But then if it's not, let's say it was, you know, actors, and but the rumors if not, go, it's just Joey. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> just running around like a, like a fucking asshole. That's what I would do <laughs> if 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 it was if it was local to us. If it wasn't in Las Vegas, I oh, totally would have done that. Well, when but, the Warped Tour reunion, you're gonna yeah. run around in our bands. Uh, I'll do it in our Watch attire. Me. I would do it too. <laughs> the three of us could do it, but we'll impersonate Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah. It's, we, we won't be rabbits. Oh, God. Uh, but like I was saying, if it was, um, you know, the rumor's going around that it is them. So even if it isn't, as long as they, like, kind of don't comment on it or if they're, like, intentionally very fucking vague about it. Which I, I, I think. Great marketing. I think the When We Were Young Festival was before Edging officially dropped. So. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, but it, just because it was set. I mean, like, at, like when, like, the festival was happening, because the festival just happened, like, last month, they, they Honestly, were... Honestly, I think it was the same week that that album came out. Maybe. Which, again, it would make sense that they were the album. running around. But, but, yeah. You know, it's kind of, so, the tonal shift that I was talking about, you know, with self-titled and Neighborhoods, and then I'm, I'm kind of going to not even include the Matt Skiba albums, because it's, just, it's not Tom. Um, but now they're coming back with Tom and this edging song, you know, the conver- <laughs> the subject content of the song is a lot more in line with their earlier years 
but you know they're in their late 40s now so it's like it's kind of one of the reasons that it's i think hard to die so here, here's the thing do you think that they dropped this album and like that like that's it or or do you think you know they're gonna keep it going for you know a while no, or or, or like or what happens if you know you know they end up breaking up again you think they will just end it and it really is tough to say because um, uh, again, I, I don't know how how you're supposed to answer that question, but you know, like what what happens if you know things don't work out? That album kind of flops because if it's anything like that edging song, and you know, I'm not a fan of it. You're not a fan of it. I mean, Zach's like not it. a fan I, of it. I haven't listened to it in a while, but I like it. Um, to answer that question, the best way to kind of make a, I guess a prediction about the future is to look at the past. So. Blink. They broke up twice. They broke up twice, but like, like, Blink's going on thirty years. So think of. Let's try and think of any other punk band, if you want to call them punk, a pop punk band that's kind of got the longevity that Blink One Eighty Two does. And and as far as pop punk, Green Day. Green Day is the only kind of band that comes to mind. I mean, there's plenty of other of their peers. They, see, they're still good. Um, Offspring, if you consider them pop punk. Or, uh you know their newest album was decent. It was good. I mean, I didn't particularly I didn't like it, to their newest but album. it was it commercially it did well. I did you listen to um the the new Green Day album? I didn't even know there was a new Green. Wait, which one? Father of All? Yeah. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, I like that one. I didn't. I I only heard that first single, Father of All, and I was like, I I, I, it, I obviously just, it's not it, on it the wasn't same my sound as Dookie or even I, I don't like like the audio effect he has like on his like like it's his a, voice. It's a thing. Like it, it sounds like he's talking through like like a broadcast, which is probably the sound like it's what he wanted. The, the, he wanted, Although but kind of would have made sense. Like, it it didn't. It didn't sound radio. like him. Like until like if I didn't know that was Green Day, I would have never guessed until the chorus. Like until you heard, you know, like like however he he did it, it's chorus. What was that? I need another Yeah, can you do that again? <laughs> no, but, no, but like like I. I just I wasn't a fan. It didn't sound like, you know. I think you and I were talking about the uh, Una Dos Trace. Um, yeah, dude, I did not trilogy. like this. I I thought Trace was not the best. I think Uno was the the better one. Yeah, I agree. Uno was the best. Dos had I think like the one or two songs, but when Uno dropped, that that show was hard. Well, I remember that was a it was it was hotly anticipated. The, the, the trio of albums. Yeah, because what, what was the... Well, yeah, because how many people have ever really done that before? And uh, I mean, it's maybe not three, but, like, think of um, Guns N' Roses did Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Metallica did Load and Reload. You know, it's it's not unprecedented for bands, rock bands even, yeah, to right. kind of do that. It's not like a double album when it comes out, but they're, like, they're related. And, and truthfully, what it is, I'll tell you exactly what it is, um, is when a, you know... When most bands make an album, the album may only contain fucking ten songs that are on the official release. So you think they just dropped everything? Yeah, they didn't like they didn't cut the fat. They didn't trim the fat. They're like, okay, why don't we do this? Which is cool because you know you get a band that's got any kind of longevity. It doesn't it doesn't matter what genre it is, and you know that band kind of hits veteran status. They've been around 10, 15, 20 years, and then they're releasing like special edition box sets of shit. Um, and they and you know fans are like, where are the demos? Where are the outtakes? What are the, what's the unreleased stuff? A lot of that is just stuff that didn't make the albums that they dropped during their career. But then every once in a while, you'll get bands that'll do that. You know, they won't save it for later, basically. Um, but so, yeah, Green Day is like the only 
punk band that's been around for in, in excess of 30 years it's got the same level of fame that's that uh blink has i mean there's other ones like no effects or no effects whatever you want to say uh but they're not at that level no effects the band no effects oh okay i don't know what that means yeah why are you sitting on the couch like that and both of your knees are touching yeah, you like, get it. like, why'd you get off <laughs> off of this? Like, get up off of this chair and go over there. I was making sure I was getting the right size. So for the base, for the, ba- for the Jag base project, the Jag base. <laughs> uh, Ramones were around for I think their their career was twenty two years before they broke up. Yeah, I know you missed me. Um, I did. Uh, but they they weren't that same level of successful during the run. I think a lot of their fame and success came afterwards. But see the diff- like the Ramones. Not only did they have a ton of different drummers that have affected their sound throughout their Career. Take it, do it, do it. Yeah, well, that's that's the same. They had the same singer the whole time. He was always doing that shit. Um, but the their drummers, they've had four or five drummers. One of each was one of which was actually the drummer of Blondie, which was cool. He played only two shows with them. Uh, they changed their sound pretty drastically throughout the seventies, eighties, and nineties. But then they got to a point where they were just like, okay, we're done, and they stopped. And then they all started to die, and that's it. No more Ramones. But uh, Green Day, ever since. Um, the follow. What was the follow up to um, American Idiot? Twenty first century breakdown. Yeah. So that was kind of well, like that was a, a big span of time. Well, then it that was five uh, years. Yeah, oh four to oh nine, I think. Came out in oh nine. I um, thought it was like two thousand. No. Yeah. Twenty like, first was in oh nine. Twenty first was in because then uh, Uno. I, I don't Uno. I think came out in twenty eleven, and then Dose twenty twelve. Okay, I was gonna say it was. I thought they were over. The end of 2011 into 2012, but then it was must have been the beginning of 20... 21st Century Breakdown is a great album. That is a great album, but it, it did not do as well as American I Idiot. Well, uh, of course not. Up. Yeah, like, yeah. That was like American Idiot. You know, that's a landmark album. album. Yeah, that's well, a landmark. Ha- album. Have you seen their their um? I guess it's not them, but the Broadway American Idiot. I've heard he things. On that. Huh? He performed on that. Did he really? Yeah that that was probably as big as the album itself. Did you see it? No, I, I went I, to go part, see it. Not in person. I, I, I've my mom took me for my birthday to go. Oh, how cute! That's down. awesome, it, dude. It was honestly fucking cool. I, I don't. Uh, I guess it, it had to have been New York. Does that make Nick a theater kid? Uh, no. not quite. That's the only play I've That's ever been one, to. That's step one, though. You know, my girl wants to go see Wicked. I'm just not about it. Oh, uh, you should do it. She'd love it. No. I, I know she. I know she would. Well, she'd love you for taking her. You score some b- fucking brownie points on that one. Yeah, extra okay. activities. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I I mean that that was awesome. I they they didn't sound obviously they're not gonna sound like the band, but they sounded pretty fucking good. That you know. Yeah, I've seen shit online. Yeah, I haven't seen it in person. But God, that was such a long time ago. What I'm to to circle back to, what do I think will happen? Um. You're right. Blink 182. Unlike the Ramones during their career, they never split up. Green Day's never really split up, and I don't think have they had. It's the same three guys, right? They've ne- did they have yeah, anyone I, else? I, I don't think they had any like Green Day. Yeah. And when was that? Like early in their career, right? Yeah. So. Uh, then that does. I don't even count that then. Um, right before they like took off. Yeah, so Blink One Eighty Two is is special in the in the sense that they, you know, um, a lot of, uh, some of their early releases did have Scott Rayner, and I, I see online some people 
prefer the Scott sound to the Travis sound, which personally I don't agree. Anyone who prefers Scott Rayner's drumming to Travis Barker doesn't have ears. Yeah, I mean, they, especially Travis is eons beyond. Especially Scott anyone who's listened to the Aquabats. School. You ever listened to the Aquabats? I haven't. That was the band that he was in before he was in yeah. Blink, which was not like they were big in the punk community. Not again, not like Blink was, not like Alkaline Trio was, but you know, they're probably on par with NOFX and a lot of the, you know, 90s punk bands of that era. Um and so he comes from that and then you know, obviously they they take off, but then they break up and their sound changes and it's kind of it hasn't really I don't get the impression that they fully committed to that sound when they did that. Maybe they were just the doing it for that's Tom. Ever stayed the same is that man's drumming. Yeah, Travis. Yep. So, um, and the only and things Mark's bass riffs are still consistently a similar pattern to how he's always played. I do find it like awesome, like Travis. Like it sounds so technical, but if you look at you know like his drum set, it's just like it's three, a, it's three three fucking piece. cymbals, a snare, a tom, and a, a and a bass. I don't think it, he he uses what he does use one. Rack tom, yeah, and I don't even know if he uses a floor tom. I don't think, or if he does, it's not all the time. Uh, so it's like a three or four. But still, like, like bunch to, of like just he he's in, he's on another level. And then they, I think uh, that's why it's awesome too. Back if we're gonna go back to whole, you know, him doing beats and stuff like, like like some of the stuff that he does, it's it's fucking awesome. Like he he's a very talented musician. Yeah, and also side note, like you look at a guy like Travis Barker that does so much with so little. And then you look at guys like uh, Tommy Lee, who have you know extravagant drum setups. Well, Motley Crue will cancel me. Motley Crue will cancel me. I I expect they it. will. Um, or uh, Rush with Neil Peart, dude had like ever ever see his drum rigs? Yeah, well, wasn't it like three three fucking bass drums yeah. and you know it was like a circle had twenty seven thousand yeah. fucking symbols. Hot take. I, well, I think Neil Peart's a good drummer, a great drummer. Even Rush was a great band. A lot of people will tell you he's the best fucking rock drummer ever. I don't agree. I think he was perfectly serviceable for Rush. I cannot imagine him doing anything with anybody else. So you can't see Neil Peart in Blink-182? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, but Travis Barker, I mean, he played with MGK. MGK was a rapper. and uh, I mean, I didn't listen all to right, a lot of his I, rap We're stuff. not getting into it. Too. No, like with all, all things aside, MGK in the media lately has been honestly a shit show. But like, I won't get into that. But... You know, I went to Rock Allegiance many years in a row, and Rock Allegiance was put on by the same production company that did uh, the. I'm sorry, Rock on the Range. Rock Allegiance was the one in Westchester. Rock on the Range was the one in Ohio. It's the same company, so it was like set up the same, like the same website that you would get your tickets from, (laughs) and it's like a rock and metal festival. But every once in a while, you'll get someone in there that does not fit that bill. Uh, one year was MGK, and this was way before MGK did his pop punk shit. This was when he was at his I, height of a rapper. I, I I was I was a fan of his rap stuff. I never listened to it. Really? Never. His his first album with uh, I think I guess it was his first album with Wild Boy, the song that everyone knows. That's a it's a pretty decent album. And then he had a, I think his last album before he went, you know into his rock career wasn't terrible either but i i don't know i i'm just not a fan of the guy I just yeah I, you well, know well, what i will say is when he took that stage at, at rock on the range i happened to be sitting down in the stadium like i, I had ga tickets so but this was like a lull in the day 
Uh, I'm sitting in one of the stadium seats close to the stage. He gets on. I wasn't even like aware that he was going to come on. I just needed a break from standing, you know. Right. And he gets on and he's doing all his rap stuff. And I couldn't tell you what songs he played. I couldn't tell you what it sounds like. But what I do remember what stands out to this day is that the man put on a good fucking show. Really? Yeah, he was, you know, the crowd was fucking vibing with him, even though he was at a rock and metal festival. And this was before he was in, you know, he's been in the media for all the crazy shit he says and the Megan Fox stuff and the, you know, all the, yeah, all the weird shit. Uh, the crowd was eating it up. And I was like, this is a good performance. Again, don't remember any of the songs. It didn't make me want to go see his rap stuff or listen to it afterwards, but I, I respected the performance. And then, you know, fast forward a couple years and he goes and he does the album, the the pop punk album, and it had Travis Barker on it. So, you know, Travis Barker is not only does he do a lot with a little in terms of his playing style, he's also really fucking versatile. Yeah, he is. He was able to make, by all accounts, a, a successful pop punk album with MGK who was previously one of the more popular contemporary rappers of the, of the time. Yeah. And I, I liked the, some songs on there I thought were really good, especially that collab he did with Halsey. I really liked. Um, the other stuff I don't think was as good. And then the follow-up album, I heard one song off of it. I think it was like uh, Sell Out or... Um, Tickets to My Downfall? No, that was the first one he did. And then he did like a single. Main, mainstream Sell? Mainstream Sell Out. I think or maybe that was the name of the album. I heard the lead single and I was like, eh. The charm wore off, but again, we're not. I'm not really talking about MGK so much as I'm talking about how good or how versatile and talented that Travis Barker is. Why did you plug the ninety degree up your ass? No, but like that doesn't make sense. I, I wasn't thinking. But why? Why it. wouldn't you put the ninety inside of the the pedal? Because I when I already plugged the straight into the pedal, do you, do you see? This? I thought the other end was straight. And it took me ten minutes to fucking get to the under end of the cord. Like that, that's I find out it's a ninety, stupid and I'm not. I wasn't about to undo that and do it again. <laughs> I like you, but I don't like you that much. It's uh, funny. Well, I think I want to start start wrapping this up. Um, do have a a, a couple uh, tour announcements I want to go over. Um, had more written down, but you know we kind of put this episode off for a little bit, so I had to kind of edit some of them out, but. Uh, Currents, really awesome band. I don't think you've ever listened to them, but I've seen them before, and they're fucking awesome. They have a holiday um, show that coming up, uh, you know, this year and next month on December fifteenth with Silent Planet, and not for nothing, but you know, shout out to those guys in Silent Planet because they just had a terrible bus crash and um. Yeah, I know. I think they lost like all their shit and. Oh really? Oh, dude, like fucked. But they have um. <laughs> no, that's not funny, but. Well, we're, we're editing that out, Nick. No cursing around here. But they they have a um, a GoFundMe which you. Sh- now you kind of make me feel like a dickhead. I wasn't being like insulting. I was like, like it's really messed up. But there's a GoFundMe out right now for them that pretty sure if you just search up. Uh, help Silent Planet get back on tour. It comes right up. And let can we let, link that? Huh? Can we link that in like the description? Probably. Do we have a description? Uh, yeah, I, I see. <laughs> I do. I think they were at like seventy thousand dollars or something when I last looked at it. Which honestly is, it's not a lot, but no, I mean, but like, like, it's, come a, it's on, expensive like, for, to tour. Yeah, you know, it you, is. You need that money. I mean that that'll get you know, you know whatever. Um, but they're 
they're playing a show. Um, if they if they are gonna be with them, with Invent, Animate, Phineas, another awesome band, and Dreamwake, and that's gonna be at the Webster Theater in Connecticut. That's that's a stacked lineup. Uh, yeah. You want to see the next one? Yeah, in Connecticut. I don't think I can. I don't think I can make that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh. The next, yeah, the, the next, next tour announcement. I thought you wanted me to go to their next show. I was like, I'm not going to Connecticut. <laughs> I mean, we can. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's just rude. Uh, Anthrax is uh, celebrating their 40th anniversary in 2023 by going on tour with Black Label Society and Exodus. Uh, you can catch them January 17th through February 18th. It's a little. That's, a pretty- that's coming up. I'm pretty sure they're playing like almost every other day. Like that's going to be a long tour. Yeah, it's a sh- well, I, it's a short tour, but it's going to have a lot of dates. I think they the tour also kind of goes on past that. If I saw, um, and yeah, especially man, especially don't want to miss them with Black Label Society. Oh no, dude, they're Black Label Society and Zach Wyland. They really put on. He's like a, the hardest working man in metal. The dude's in like four concurrent bands. Yeah, he's and plus he's just insane at the guitar. I I met him at a he he did a signing at Best Buy. Dude, I think I, I was like nine years old, and I, I have a picture with him. And yeah, fucking awesome. That's awesome. But all right, guys, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, thank you for listening. You can hit us up on all of our social medias. It's gonna be musicfrenzy.net on Instagram and Facebook. And check out at the website. St- stay up to date on all the newest news that we'll be releasing. And yeah, hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy. Bye. Peace.